0: Yes, and we're back, Echoes from the Void, episode 18, let's go! That's the fire from T Wood Current world weight champion in the UFC And we are bringing it on the podcast this week for sure Now, everything is nuts You You put on the news There's just craziness after craziness after craziness And you go on the news sites And some of the things they're saying You kind of get baffled Like, so... The bane of my life I, I I went to the BBC website and there's a, a a news story saying there's been a rise in stis in Wales so um yeah, public health Wales have put out new figures, so they're saying the diagnosis of syphilis has risen by 53% from 2016 to 2017. And cases of gonorrhea went up 21% in that same time period. Now, Dr. Owen Williams, President of the British Association of Sexual Health and HIV, is blaming dating apps for this increase now the thing is right dating apps they're not holding a gun to someone's head and going have unprotected sex You know, they're not making people go you better jump into bed with that person otherwise it's over we're killing your family they're not doing this no, of course they're not doing that. See, the the thing is, it's not apps that are doing, it. it's not TV that is doing it. You have to you have to go to the grassroots of everything. You're like, how are we talking about sex education in schools? That's the big thing. You know what I mean? Like, how is it getting reported in schools? Because I can tell you this for sure, where I was at school. We didn't really cover it. You know what I mean? There wasn't any proper class that was like, listen, this is basically what goes down. You know what I mean? Use protection, all of that. Nothing. There was nothing like that. And I can imagine there's probably nothing like that at the moment. So you have to think about that. But I I also, though, I believe, like, one of the big things is... Is AIDS Now you think about it Like back in the day When AIDS hit Everyone was Scared out of their Motherfucking lives You know what I mean You, you thought oh my god I can't catch that That's yo that's a Death sentence You know Everyone was in fear so you so i think mean, the use of contraception rose drastically but then like magic stayed alive you know um <laughs> you had um all the advances in the medicine and everything like that and so from what was once a death sentence it's now with medication, you can get it to a fact where it's not really even, you, you'll you have it, but it's not really showing up in your system, which is insane, like from when you think of when it hit, and the adverts that we used to run on TV, the stories you'd see in a newspaper, anything like that, so now that that, AIDS, HIV has been kind of put in the corner, you know what I mean, kind of shown that, yo, this ain't gonna kill people, you can still live uh, a good life, even if you have this, so the fear is gone, so people are just like, eh, fuck it, man, you know what I mean, it's just like, look, Yeah, obviously we don't want AIDS, but all that other stuff. Yeah, we'll take some antibiotics. We'll clear that shit up. You know what I mean? Go in the steam room. We'll sweat it out. That's what people were thinking. You know, drink some herbal tea and we'll be good in the morning. So they don't have the fear. It's not the dating apps. It's the fear is gone. And people are just like, yeah, fuck it, man. I'll roll the dice. What's, you know, what's the chances, man? What are the chances that I'll be one of the ones that catch something? And that's why people were like, going crazy, you know, we're living, we're living longer. It's like you look at people now when you, we've got access to so much shit, so like vitamins, you know, nutrition, all of that. So people are are looking healthier, they're 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 looking better. So obviously, if you're fitter. You're living longer, you're looking better. You're gonna think, yo, players gotta play, you know? So people gonna be like going having fun. You take, then take away the fear. People are definitely gonna be having fun. So it seems moronic to blame something like an app when, as I said, look, they need to be looking at the grassroots of things. They need to be thinking how are we talking about this in schools what are we doing about this how are we promoting safe sex you know like are we talking about it in schools are we talking about it in colleges are we talking about it in universities are we running campaigns like what the fuck are we doing also what's the price on the contraception like, how much is this? Is it at that price where people think, "Ah, yeah, fuck it, I'll pick up some condoms, <laughs> only a few pounds, or is it at a price where people are like, "Oh fucking hell, I can't drop that amount, man, I'm just gonna run the gauntlet, you know like you you have to think about these kind of things, you know how are we promoting, how are we marketing, how are we communicating this stuff? To the to the Utes, them. You know what I mean? How we how we doing it? So, yeah, Mister Ulwen Williams, think about that. You know, before you you try and pass the buck, because we all know passing a buck is an easy thing to do. So, yeah. Have a thought and put a real plan in place. Have to say, I'm kind of feeling bad for Kanye West. Well, I should probably now say Yay. Because, yeah, supposedly he's changed his name to Yay. Which is a little bit odd Because Like People were calling him Yay Ye anyway Yeah, you know what I mean About, Like a little while it was Yeezy But it's, people have been kind of using Yay As like the abbreviation For his name For the last I don't know like What couple of years or something like that Right so, if people are calling you that anyway, I kind of wonder, like, I think, why, why even go and change it? But um, right. So he, this is what he said. Um, like he was on um, Big Boys Radio Show. And he, he, he's, so he said, I believe ye is the most commonly used word in the Bible. And in the Bible, it means you. So I'm you, I'm us, it's us. That's, you know, it went from Kanye, which means the only one, to just ye, just being a reflection of our good, our bad, our confused, everything. So, yeah. that That's what he's saying. About, you know, the name change. Like, a lot of other people have changed their names. But it's just a bit like... Huh... Okay, a little bit weird, Kanye, a little bit weird, but as I said, look, I kind of feel bad for him, because, like, I think it's obvious that there are some mental health issues, I think, like, he's kind of talked about it on the last album, and just even before that, like, you know what I mean? He's kind of referenced, kind of schizophrenia, you know, like, uh, issues. There's been issues. But everyone still goes at him. You know what I mean? They, they throw these microphones in his face, trying to get these sound bites and stuff. And it's a bit like, oh, god damn it. And especially, look, if you're just... Throwing a mic in someone's face when they're not expecting it. Obviously, some people are just gonna talk, so they're not. They haven't really kind of finalized a view or or how they're trying to get a viewpoint across. So some of the things that they say are gonna sound a bit ludicrous. Are gonna sound a bit weird. It's like well, look, recently. You know he he said about um abolishing the Thirteenth Amendment and like and that was the amendment which was written to end slavery, and so everyone was kind of up in arms at him, but he's kind of recently explained what he actually meant in that. And you kind of have to admit, what he's saying makes sense. Because, so, like, what he's talking about wasn't the 13th Amendment as a whole, but the exception clause that is written into it, which allows forced labour in Americans' prisons. So, there's people getting paid eight cents a week to do work. And the work they're doing is for large companies. Like in some prisons, they're making jeans, you know, they're making bags. They're doing all this work that is then going to be sold on the outside For a lot of money So it's just like Look Everyone goes crazy Uh, People like Apple and Google And Amazon And and, and big organisations like that For making stuff In like China And these big kind of Big organisations There And paying them You know Significantly less than workers would be paid in a similar factory in, like, America, in Europe, in the UK. So people are in, um, in arms about that. But they don't care that prisoners are doing similar work. You know? It is a contradiction And Kanye, what he points out is That, you know You're getting prisoners To do all this stuff And it's You know This is work for privately owned Organisations And you're getting First time offenders Non-violent crime Offenders To do this work but at the same time, you're not helping with mental health issues. You're not kind of investing in therapy to help the prisoners. So it's a bit like, you know, what because, you know, what we're seeing is that when people go to jail, once they're out, it's they get a clean slate. But how are you expecting people to have a clean slate Without any form of rehabilitation Without any way of addressing Some of the reasons why they went to jail in the first place So it's a bit of a weird situation So you have to kind of feel like Yeah, Kanye makes good points with all of that But when you threw a mic in his face he says something like abolish the 13th Amendment rather than amend the 13th Amendment. So this is a thing. So I kind of feel bad for Kanye because, yeah, they're, they're, he's kind of spiraling. He's kind of spiraling out of control a little bit. And you wonder what the support system is around him. You know? It's kind of crazy, man. It's kind of crazy. So there's been a bit of uproar in the university scene over in the UK in recent days. There's been um, an incident at Sheffield and an incident at Brighton's student unions. Like because all the Freshers fairs are going on at the moment. And so um yeah, there's been problems at both universities. So so the thing is at Brighton there was a stall at the Freshers Fair um about um well it it was it was about um It was from a sex workers outreach project. And it was. Like offering advice. Around. You know. Students that. Might resort to prostitution. To help with fees. So it it was giving them. Advice. uh, uh, You know like. It's a, a, like a number, like um, you know, like Samaritans and things like that. Uh, from what I'm, I can make out, um, and it, you know, it's a third party organization, so it's not associated with the um, with the university, but it was there. To let students know... Look, if you need to talk about this... If you need any... um, You know... Any help... We're here for you... You know... To talk to... But... There's a huge uproar... There's people saying that... You know... By them being there... It's saying it's fine... For people to go into sex work... Um, it's a disgrace, uh, and all kind of um, stuff like that, which doesn't really make any sense at all, you know, because just because something, like just because you're seeing something doesn't mean that you, you need to do it, but if it's a known fact, ...that students... ...are resorting to sex work... ...to to probably to help with... uh, ...financial issues... ...you know, whatever it is... ...if it's a known fact that this is going on... ...why wouldn't you... ...let them know that there's a service... ...that they can talk to about any issues, any problems... You know the concerns, their fears, if they're trying to get out of that, you know what I mean because like someone might have started someone might think, "Oh, you know what like the 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 job in the local pub is only giving me one shift, I can't survive." On one shift a week. Alright well my friend says that the, you know sh- they're doing this thing. And it's giving them money. Oh let me try it out. Okay you go try it out. Then you think oh. Oh no I i, I don't like this at all. I don't want to do this. Oh, but how do I get out? Oh I, I, I think the pimp it might like attack me if I leave. or You know what I mean? So if that's the case. Surely them knowing about a service like Swoop would be beneficial, you know? It, it would help, like, give them a beacon in the darkness, someone to call about any issues. But, yeah, you, you have, like, campaigners saying things like, it's beyond disgraceful. But, but it's not offering a helping hand offering advice isn't see because this is the thing like just because like we didn't go down a certain route, we didn't take a certain path in life doesn't mean other people haven't, and you might think, oh i wouldn't do that like if, if you know if think time got rough. I just talk to my friends. I just talk to my family. What if that isn't an option for someone else? What if they either don't have family or have a very fractious relationship with family? So they cannot, there's no way they could talk to them. What if they've gone away to university? They have no friends at that university. They feel isolated, ostracized. What What then? Okay, so where are those people's support systems? Like, it's easy to go, well, I wouldn't do that. I think that's terrible. I think that's wrong. But you're not in someone else's shoes. Like, you have to remember, you know what I mean? Just because we see things from one point of view, there are other points of view. So you have to try and cover all those bases to ensure that everyone has the support that is needed for them to survive life, man. And that's what, you know, Brighton, the University of Brighton Student Union was doing, You know, some people might think, oh, well, prostitution is terrible. Yeah, so what? It's fine for you to have those views, but don't be so naive to think that it isn't a thing. Don't be so shallow-minded to think that some people might not be caught up In that situation, might not be trapped in that situation Might not have gone down that path And might need help coming back You know, so really I don't see what the the craziness Is going on that front But it's funny, because You know, uh, a few days later, there's issues at Sheffield Students Union because they're having a um, you know a drug service at their freshers giving advice to students on safe ways on taking illegal drugs and see this is the thing just because it's illegal, doesn't mean people aren't doing it, you know, ecstasy, like, things like that, you know, coke, yeah, obviously, those drugs are not legal, people taking them, it's like, it's a known fact, people take those drugs It's a known fact people take those drugs at universities. People take those drugs, you know, E, ecstasy, ketamine, they take those to party. People take coke, speed, to try and stay awake, to get shit done, as well as partying as well. But you're in this high-pressured environment. You know, look, as, as, I, as I said before, people. some people don't have friends. Some people find it hard to engage with other people. So you're looking for ways to break down these barriers. You're looking for these ways to cope in situations. You're looking for ways to survive. And also you're looking for ways to fit in. You know? So a lot of times, look, if everyone's taking something someone else might go, you know what, I've never done this before, everyone else is, I, I need to fit in, alright, what's the harm in just taking one, just trying it once, that's that's what happens a lot of the time, and when you don't know how to do something, you do it wrong, like you don't drink enough water, you know, You. you, you do things in an unsafe manner So you're not giving yourself the opportunity To get out of a situation you've, you've already started the wrong way So the only way for you is down And that's not a thing Because look so it's at university, we know people take coke in high power jobs, we know people take drugs in like law, stockbroking, all manner of level of government, people have resigned from taking drugs, so let's not be naive, we know people take drugs, legal, illegal, whatever, people are taking drugs, so if we know this is happening, you can put out campaigns and things to try and curve that. But while you're trying this behavioural change, the, the least you can do is let people know, OK, if you are doing it, take these precautions, OK? If you 're not feeling effects after ten minutes, don't pop another free tablet, hold your horses, drink plenty of water, do things in a safe environment. Do things around friends. you know make sure you know how you're getting home like there's, there's all manner of device a device in which you can be relaying to people, and that is not a wrong thing it's not. Just because there's advice doesn't mean it's saying or it's advocating people to go, All right, well, here's how you take your illegal drugs. So, yeah, obviously, go wild. You know what I mean? Snort as much coke as you can. Let's inject some friggin' heroin. It's not saying that giving people advice isn't advocating for something, it's just trying to ensure that people don't. Die to ensure that people are as safe as they can be. It just makes sense. But, you know, you, as I said, look, you have all these people going, oh, it's terrible. This is ridiculous. You know, this is so wrong. Well, why don't you talk to people that have lost friends, that have lost siblings, that have lost children? Parents to drugs, yeah. Why don't you do that? Talk to those people and say, "Hey, you know, do you think like you, you know, your your friend, your sibling, whatever, they died of an overdose. They died because they didn't drink enough water. So do you do you think it's a bad thing to tell people how much water they should be drinking, what they should? Be? They would be like, listen, I, you know." I Maybe not all of them, but I can guarantee that some of them would say, yes, I wish that my whatever, whatever had this knowledge. Because then maybe they would be alive right now. So this is the thing. Giving people advice on stuff, it's not bad. It's common sense. Because we know these things are there. Whether you give advice or you don't... Those things are still there. Sex work is still there. Drugs, it's still there. You know, so we can bury our head in the sand. We can pretend this shit ain't going on. But while we're doing that... People are dying... People are getting into crazy situations. People are in fear of their life. People are on the edge of the parapet. You know what I mean? Looking for a way. Looking for a safety hold. Not knowing which way to turn. So why the fuck are we doing that? Why are we leaving these people on that ledge? Yeah? So let's not be dicks, let's publish some advice. Let people in these vulnerable situations, you know, in these high-pressure situations, let them know. Look, if if you find yourself here, call this number. Let them know, look, these are safe ways to do these things. Let them know. Give them that advice. Give them that hand up the ladder. Put the lighthouse for them in the darkness. You know what I mean? It's not a terrible thing. It's just common sense, people. It's just common sense. Now, this obviously, yeah, this is a tangent. But they don't call me the high king of tangency for nothing. But it just came to my mind, and I remember how infuriating it is. I was waiting for the tube, okay? So, I, I was on my way to the BFI, and I was like, yo, I have to be there at least 15 minutes. It was like they said, 15 minutes before, so you can get into the screenings. And I had plenty of time, but got to the tube, just missed a train, and then it just gets nuts. And so they've cancelled the train I'm on. The next train coming through, that goes straight through. So everyone's standing. Everyone's like, yo, we need to get where we need to get. And one train came in. No one is moving down the train. Literally, there's space, but these ignorant fuckers aren't moving down the train. So there's... so loads of people are left on the platform and it's just like oh my days the next train takes forever but it finally turns up then you have all these ignorant people who were just infuriated that no one else was moving down the train not moving down the train and there's this one asshole in front of me And he's looking down at his phone He's walking so slowly Just meandering and stopping in the doorway And they're making a sound For the doors are going to shut So I pushed the dude Not hard Just like encouraged him Push forwards So me and the people behind me Can actually get on the fucking train and this dude tries to turn around and start an issue. He tries to start an issue thinking, well, I'm going to I'm gonna cower. I'm going to be like, oh, no, Mr. Ponty Hipster. I'm not going to, you know what I mean, talk anything to you. And be like, I was just like, asshole, get on the fucking train so we can all get on the train. And then he's like, like ooh, ooh, ooh. Calm down, calm down. I'm thinking, you're acting like a fucking bitch right now, because assholes are the ones that when you're talking to them, they're like, "Oh, don't shout at me. I ain't shouting. I haven't raised my voice once, you prick." But he's just taking his time on the train. I'm like, listen, right? And it's a, it's just a clear point when you get on a train. Get on the train. Don't fuck around so everyone behind you can't get on the train. Also, move down the damn train, you idiots. Like, you, I just don't understand why people congregate in the doorways. Move down the train so other people can get to where they're getting to then don't be indignant if someone has to, like, push past you or ask your ass to move. Move down. It's just ridiculous. And what really then killed it, so the next stop, it's really busy. I'm I'm standing in the doorway, and I'm always like, look, you just step off the train, let people off, just makes everything go a lot quicker. I stepped off the train, stepped to the side, let everyone off, waited a few seconds. No one else is getting off. I step back on the train, then these fucking idiots start right rushing through with their pram. So I'm I'm scooped to the side. To let them through, because at first I can't, you know what I mean? I can't see who's doing what. So I scoot to the side to let them through. They're getting off the train, and the dude, it was a chicken, a dude. And the dude, I'm now walking down the train. He just turns and p- tries to push me. I'm like, that's some cowardly bull. If you have an issue with me, you say, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Or, You know, whatever, whatever Say it to my face, fool Don't wait until I've turned around And you're off a train To then try and start something It's insanity It makes no sense whatsoever And these are the things that infuriate me the most About the underground system Just infuriate me, now don't, don't get me wrong, there is a list of other shit, that these two things, because they happen today, they're fresh in the mind, I'm like, god damn it, people, and I'm trying to be a better person, you know what I mean, I'm not looking to kill anyone, or not, especially not when I'm on the way to something, if my day is done, then all bets are off, you know what I mean, but I'm, I'm trying to get I'm trying to live my life here, fools. Don't start with me in the morning. God damn these people. Okay, tangent over people. We can bet back to the everyday shit that we talk about here on the Echoes from the Void podcast yeah. I've been thinking about things and I think I've been playing this whole day-in game the wrong way, because, you know, I'm not sure going the app route is going to work, so what I'm thinking now, is, do my own reality TV show, right, I mean, everyone's into reality TV, right, so what I'm thinking, it will be, um, like, maybe call it something like, Save the polar bear. Yeah. And so have the contestants all all vying to help save the diminishing polar bear. And the winner gets a free trip to the habitat. Of said polar bear Boom Perfect Because It's not being dishonest I'm not saying That they're going to the Arctic or not saying they're going to the Habitat of the polar bear So they can be doing all their Challenges and, and stuff like that and, and the winner gets a date um, you know, I think it would be very popular. I you know, and when you think about it, the one is not going to be disappointed because they get to go on a, a, on a fly date, and they're not going to freeze their ass off in the freezing Arctic. I mean, can't say better than that, can you? Yeah? i b I'm thinking I've like a network will pick it up. Because hey, there's a countless other bullshit on T V so why not? Why not? Because first date hotel eesh not the best. Not the best. So yeah, I'm I I'm I'm going to um Gonna ship this around. Gonna ship it around and see what can happen. I think that will be uh, the corner that needs turning on this. (laughs) On a brighter side of things, though, people, there seems to be a lot happening in. The world of streaming platforms... Because... They are picking up projects... Left, right... And centre... Left, right and frigging centre man... So... You know... Uh, one of the big things... That I saw... Um... Gotta give credit where credit's credits... Got to give credit where credit's due... That's what I was looking to say... Um... Gareth at Dark Horizon... Um... Amazon... Have picked up... The um... The right... You know... They've they've joined forces with Sony Pictures Television... To create a TV series... Of the late Robert Jordan's... Wheel of Time series... Um... Yeah, which is kind of crazy, because Amazon also have The Lord of the Rings. So they picked that up um, last year, and now they've gone and picked up The Wheel of Time, which is, um, because they're, you know, it's, they're both going to be fantasy TV series, so it's a bit like, hmm, interesting. I wonder how that will work and what the budgets will be. There's the world of Time. times went for um, there's 14 books in the series, um, and it's st- started in 1999. Um, with the eye of the universe. Hmm. I I think it was the Eye of the World over here, though. Um. Yeah. So they st- it started with that. Um. Unfortunately, Robert Jordan died. Uh. But his estate and widow. Um. Contacted. Um. Br- Brad Sanderson. I think it's Brad Sanderson. Um. Yeah uh they contacted him to um create the last lot of books because you know Jordan had left a load of notes and um yeah so Brandon Sanderson my apologies Brandon Sanderson so yeah he, he 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 Jordan had left the outlines to the last books uh and um yeah so Sanderson finished off the series for him um but uh yeah yeah what am i saying yeah so basically yeah so amazon have got these rights now um Which is, um, yeah, which is insane. You know, it's probably going to be big because they've sold more than 90 million copies of the books worldwide. Which is huge. Um, I I think a big factor could also be the fact that, you know, in, in this series, you know... The only people that can use magic in this world are women. So it kind of puts women more front and centre in a TV series. And, you, you know, that, that's a current big thing right now. So it seems like, you know, a good series to kind of showcase more female lead characters and protagonists. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, that, that, that's a big one. Um, like Raff, Judkins, um, he, he's worked on Agents of Shield. He's adapting the series, and he's gonna be the showrunner. So uh, yeah, it, that I mean that that's that's a huge, you know that's a, that's a huge thing right there. Right, another big, um, yeah, another big kind of acquisition. Well, like right now, it's Netflix. Netflix has got the next lot of big things, so they they've got four new things in the works. So the first is a separate episode series called The Island. Um, that's going to be starring Kate Bosworth, Natalie Martinez, and Alex. Pettifer, um, yeah Damien Kindler is going to be the showrunner and the story begins with 10 people who wake up on a treacherous island with no memory of who they are or how they got there, yeah I think the big thing is Please don't be a lost and you know that's the thing, like everyone's hoping don't be like lost because that was awful. Um, so the next one is October Faction, which is a um, a comic book adaptation, you know, from IDW comics, which is interesting. Because Netflix owned Miller World. So we know that they're, um, going to be producing like a Kingsman TV series. I think they're doing a kick ass TV series, you know, so they've got all these properties from there. But, um, yeah, so they've picked up this IDW, um, project, which, um, follows globe trotting monster hunters, Fred and Dolores Allen. Who after the death of Fred's father. Returned to their hometown in upstate New York. With their teenage children. Hmm. It's, it's going to be 10 episodes. So yeah I don't know. So um, Damien Kindler. Is going to be the showrunner on this one. As well. Uh, And then there is another 10 episode series. Uh, This time it's a manga adaptation called Warrior Nun. And um, this revolves around a 19 year old woman who wakes up in a morgue with a new lease on life. And a divine artifact embedded in her back. She discovers she is now part of an ancient order that has been tasked with fighting demons on earth. And Simon Barry is the writer, showrunner, and executive producer on that. But, um, yeah, the other big thing from Netflix is they have now picked up the rights to, um, C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia series, so, you know, what it, what it say, sounds like is they're going to make TV series and films, which is interesting, it's going to be in collaboration with E1, um, yeah, you know, like, the books have sold more than 100 million copies, They've been translated into more than 47 languages. But, you know, like, what has come before hasn't been that great, to be honest. Though, I will say, as a, as a kid, I, I really enjoyed the ca- old cartoon, The Lion and Witch and the Wardrobe cartoon. And the old nineteen eighties BBC TV adaption, but that only covered the first four books. Um and we've had the, the you know, the first three books turned into films in recent years, but none of them have been that you know the fit like as I said. Look, look, I I enjoyed the cartoon. The BBC series was great. As a kid, it was it was amazing. It was great, but I imagine looking at it, looking at it now, it probably doesn't hold up. You know, you you look at like the effects and just think, Uh uh-huh? is that just a guy in a? In a fur coat? What is that? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure it'll it'll be very disappointing looking at it now, but I, I definitely enjoyed it more than the the films. Like the films just were weren't very good, weren't very good at all. But you know, this series covers all seven books, so you know if. If it starts off as a success, maybe the whole complete catalogue will finally be, um, yeah, brought to the screen. But it'd be interesting, like, how are they going to do it? Because if, they, if they've got the rights to TV and film, yeah, how, you know, what's, how are they going to work that one out? You know, is it worth doing another, you know, Lion, Witch in a Wardrobe film? Because we, you know, it's not that long ago since the last one. Will there still be a bad taste in people's mouths in regards to that? But, you know, since Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones... Has that changed the game? Have now people realised that, look, you've got to put a decent budget behind these things. You've got to have good effects. You've got to have great acting and you have to make it look real. Look, I remember when um, Rome came out on HBO and at the same time, ABC had a series that covered... Um, like, that same kind of period in Rome, and it was just like, ooh, what's, which one is gonna be the success, and it was Rome, because when you looked at Rome, it was gritty, like, the costumes, like, you know, you looked at the, the, the you know, the Roman uniforms, they were, like, ripped, they were dirty, people's teeth Teeth were dirty, they looked like they had muck on their faces after a trek, and all of this. The ABC one, everyone looked so clean and polished, and it just didn't work. It was too shiny, it didn't look authentic. So, you know, I think now has the Chronicles of Narnia got a better chance to succeed. Because people are paid no to the success of, you know, these big things that have uh, been and gone. So that's the hope, you know. All we can do is, um, all we can do is see. But uh, let's get to this week's film, right? So this week's film was Searching. Um, that was the, um, the new film from Anesh Chaganti. He was the director. Um, he also wrote the film with Seb Ofanian. Um, the film stars John Chu, Deborah Messing, Joseph Lee. Uh, Sarah Sohan in some brief bits uh, Michelle La also in like a uh, brief flashes Um. Alright, so the gist of this film is After David Kim 16 year old daughter goes missing A A local investigation is opened And a detective is assigned to the case But 37 hours later And without a single lead David decides to search the one place No one has looked yet Where all secrets are kept today His daughter's laptop In a hyper modern thriller Told via the technology Devices we use. Every day to communicate. David must trace. His daughter's digital footprints. Before she disappears forever. So. You know. I've, I've heard a lot of buzz about this film. My friend Mohammed was like. Yo check it out. It's re- It was really good. Uh, like the premise of the film. A whole film. Just. Um, Scene via digital devices, you know like phones, laptops whatever whatever i mean, it's a kind of an interesting um concept I know I think it was last year there was a horror film uh that like befriended or something like that that was a sim had a similar um, concept to it, but there's not a whole lot of things doing this, um, so yeah, that alone sounded interesting, it kind of reminded me, because, you know, you think to yourself, "Mm, is that gonna be any good, can I watch something, you know, for, um, you know, like an hour and 40 minutes, I watch something for an hour and 40 minutes that is just like kind of this foundy footagey type kind of thing, just viewing it like that through blurry kind of screens. But then I, uh, you know, I remembered the 2010 film Buried with Ryan Reynolds that was. Basically, all of him in the coffin, and I remember how captivating that film was. So I was like, "Okay, well, yeah, let's let's um let's give this searching a a, a try." And you know, it's it's definitely interesting, you know. Like the way the film progresses and moves and jumps around w- with the different technology. Um, so yeah, that con- the the concept of it, the framing device that they're using, is an interesting one. Yeah, uh, yeah, it makes you think. Hmm, interesting. Well that was profound, wasn't it? <laughs> I what was, was some of the issues though with the film were the fact that it it kind of had painted itself into this corner that it had to be only seen Via um, devices and such So then you're seeing the story pan out And some of the things you're thinking But why Why am I looking at this through a computer screen? It doesn't make sense Like there was sometimes when he'd be on a phone call But you're seeing the phone call Of him walking around on the phone. Through the computer screen. So it was a bit like. "What, What. But why. Why am I looking at it like that. That doesn't make any sense. And there was a few things. That yeah. Don't make any. Sense. Due to due to how you're viewing them. Like the beginning was interesting and it kind of let you understand where the family were at. But you are a bit like okay, why am I seeing this? You know what I mean because you don't really because the the, the kind of The whole missing angle hasn't started yet. So you're kind of like... Why are you watching what you're watching? So that... that, I mean, it it didn't make sense. That part of it didn't really make too much sense. Because then what you learn through the film is... That... um, David Kim doesn't watch... The old videos because of The pain it brings him So at the beginning you're like why am I So you're kind of thinking why did I Watch this stuff at the beginning If that wouldn't have been Him watching that stuff So that was a bit So when you kind of think about it the beginning was a little Bit clunky in its Nature But then yeah then the film gets started And It's definitely interesting You do wonder... Because it is kind of easy for him to... Get into a computer and stuff... And you're like... Because I remember... Like there's times I've I've had to reset my password... And it's a whole... Frigging... Mission... It, It can get crazy... So you kind of think... Well that was a little bit easy... But, you know, for for the basis of the story, you're like, meh, who cares? It doesn't really matter. It's fine. It's fine. But then when you kind of, yeah, but other bits are a bit weird, as I said. Look, you know, why am I viewing this? Doesn't make as much sense. You know. Because, like, who am I... This is a bit with security cameras. And you're like... But if both people were there, why am I viewing it like this? You know? So I think some of it... Though it, it gave it, you know, that kind of feel... The voyeuristic kind of feel. So you're kind of like on David Kim's shoulder as he's searching these devices to try and find his daughter's friends. And kind of people who may know where she is. Like because of, you know, that. It, you know, it's interesting. It, it gives you that kind of fly-on-the-wall kind of feel to it. But, yeah, there, there's these moments where you're like... Okay, if I'm not seeing it through his eyes... So whose eyes am I watching this through now? Because it that part of it, I'm a bit confused about. So, yeah, there's, there's some of those... Which you know probably could have been fine tuned just to make it really fit together properly, you know um but yes, yeah, story wise it's interesting, and i've and you you kind of think okay yeah it pro- it kind of goes through the um the phases. That you can imagine someone would be going through in this situation, uh, you know. the 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 at the beginning, it's just the lighter. Like, oh, where are you? Uh, you know, and then it's just like, oh my god, where is she? Where? What's happening? I don't know. And then the franticness of it. Yeah. So I think that John Chu does. Um, he, you know, he 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 pulls that off well. There are... Some other kind of incidents... Like there's a bit when... He's talking to his brother... And... You're like... You know... He's brother Peter... And you're just a bit like... I don't know... You didn't always get... The emotion that you feel... Felt... Was deserved... Out of those scenes from Joseph Lee you know he he's good in a lot of the other stuff but there was these some moments when you're thinking okay yeah you you can imagine the emotion like the powder keg of this moment and he doesn't quite convey it you know so that's that was one thing um Now, the end of the film does seem a little contrived. The end does seem a little contrived. You know, I guess for the nature of a lot of thrillers, yes, that's what you, you know, I've watched a lot of thrillers, I've read books, and the ending does fit within the context of that. You know of things that have come before, but it was a bit too neat, you know it was very hold on a second. hmm, yeah, you, know, you have all these other people, but I'm the only one that can work this out. hmm and i think that takes the film down slightly so i would say this was an is is it's a decent film you know it's it it tells a coherent story um it uses an interesting framing device as i said with The way you're viewing everything that's happened. So that's very interesting. That's good. But there's a, a few things that really stop it from being very good to just decent, you know? But I would say look, if you are a fan of the thriller, yeah, if you like, um, like, <sighs> hmm, I guess it, it, if you're a fan of things like, uh, Gone Girl, um, I, you know, probably even like stuff like a simple favor. You know that that kind of stuff. Then, yeah, I, I you you'll probably you'll probably enjoy this. Yeah, but I I guess if you kind of read like Michael Connolly books, you know the kind of Harry Bosch kind of stuff, um. This probably, yeah. This is probably the kind of thing that you would like. But yeah, as I said, look, it's not. It's definitely not a terrible film. It has glimpses of being very good, but I'd say it's a decent film. You know, it keeps you occupied for the film's duration. So if you have an hour and 40 minutes you want to pass some time you've seen everything else and let's face it there's not a whole lot out at the moment you know the the, the pickings are a little bit thin this last week next week it's going to get crazy with the film festival but right now yeah, pickings might be a little bit thing. You might not want to see Venom. You might not want to see Predator. So, yeah, I think this is probably a um Yeah, something decent that you might see otherwise. It's that happy medium. You know, if if you're fighting over what to see, you don't want to see Predator, she or he doesn't want to see um venom. You're a bit too old for a house with a clock in the wall. So you think, what else can we see? I don't know. What else can we see? Hmm. Why don't we go watch that searching film? Hey, that's a real good idea. Yeah. Go see it, people. Cool. So I've just finished a sixth book in the Alex Vera series by Benedict Jacker. This one was called Veiled. And the basic summary of this is, Alex Verus is a mage who can see the future, but even he couldn't have seen this day coming. Alex has agreed to join the Keepers, the magical police force, to protect his friends from his old master, the Dark Mage, Richard Draca. Going legit was always going to be difficult for an outcast like Alex, and there are those in the Keepers who aren't keen to see an ex-dark mage succeed. Especially when dark mages are making a play for a seat on the council for the first time in history. Alex finally has the law on his side. But trapped between light and dark politics, investigating a seedy underworld with ties to the highest of powers, will a badge be enough to save him? Hmm. Now, will it? I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Now, as I said, look, this is the sit book in a series. And sometimes, you know, you get these series. That run for so many books, and like the first few are good, but then you start to see a lull in the quality. Um, but I have to say, I haven't noticed that yet with these books. Um, and this as I said, look, this especially, it's um it's really engaging. Like from, from beginning to end, you're kind of like, Oh, what what's going down? You're gripped to the story, and the great thing about these books, you do notice a growth in the characters, they've evolved from the first book to this point, which is great, they're not just doing the same old, same old things, you know, acting in the same old ways, there's a there's a nuance, there's a difference to it, and, um, you know, I, I, I think, the story as well didn't go in necessarily the, the given way. You know, you like uh, some, sometimes you read these things and you think, okay, so obviously that's gonna happen and they're gonna do this and bam, 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 bam. bam. This wasn't quite like that. There was a lot of stuff that kind of takes you by surprise in it, which, yeah. Very good, and it really, as I said, it keeps you engaged all the way because it's not as, it's not as predictable as you might think it it might be so um yeah, great, great next chapter in the story and and I'm definitely um looking forward to the next one um as far as I know, there's nine at the moment, but um yeah you kind of wonder like how how long can alex survive for because everything is building up and everything is really building up and um it, you know it's it's looking tight it's, it's it's looking very tight but um yeah you know he's now he's he's now the council so but you know richard is back so what's going to happen yeah, and um, I have to say that I, this was read extremely well by um, Gilda Jackson. Yeah, Gilda Jackson was the narrator of this book, and um, yeah, it, like handled the job really well. So um, yeah, if you yeah if if you've read some of the earlier books, I'd say yeah, definitely keep going. The series keeps. At the same pace the same quality um, if you haven't checked out any of these books yet, yo what are you doing go check them out go check them out now you know it, it, they're, they're a lot of fun if you're um, if, if you've read the uh, the Peter Grant books um, I they're kind of similar but not. You know, there's Peter Grant, he's police This isn't police But um, Yeah, tonally I guess they they could be You could say that they're kind of similar Because they're not Comedic books But there is humour In them And the stories are Kind of Very Engrossing so yeah, I'd say if you're a fan of the Peter Grant books, you know, just the, the whole um, the the London books and all of that, uh, yeah, I think you would enjoy these. So um, again, this was book six in the Alex Verus series, Veiled, um, by Benedict Jacker. So yeah, check it out. Okay, so the second book that I've done this week was book two in the Monster Hunter series called Monster Hunter Vendetta Uh, it's by Larry Carrera and it's narrated by Oliver Wyman, it's just over 21 hours so, you know pretty long one pretty long one, but I enjoyed the first book, so I figured, "Hey, let's uh, let's dive into this series." You know, so the um, the blurb is: Accountant turned professional monster hunter Owen Zastavia Pitt managed to stop the nefarious Old Ones' invasion plans last year but as a result made an enemy out of one of the most powerful beings in the universe. Now an evil dead cult known as the Church of the Temporary Mortal Condition wants to capture Owen in order to gain the favour of the Great Old Ones. The condition is led by a fanatical neuromancer, known as the Shadow Man. The government wants to capture the Shadow Man and has assigned the enigmatic Agent Franks to be Owen's full-time bodyguard, which is a polite way of saying that Owen is monster bait. With supernatural assassins targeting his family, a spy in their midst, and horrific beasties lurking around every corner, Owen and the staff of Monster Hunter International don't need to go hunting. Because this time the monsters are hunting them. Fortunately, this bait is armed and dangerous. So, I think the thing that got me with this was that it's a continuation From book one. Like a direct continuation. Because you know how sometimes. You'll you'll be doing a series. And book one. And it finishes in a certain way. And then book two is like. I don't know. Like five years later. And you're thinking. Okay. That's good and all. But at the end of book one. They've just done this. So. What was the fallout of that you know what what happened after that? I think that's what one thing that always always gets me you know because people don't um yeah they they don't cover the the incidents after Something big that happens. I mean, that's why I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brian McKellen's Powder Mage books because they dealt with the result. What you know, what comes after rebellion? Like, what's the next thing? And they dealt with that so well. So I think, um, yeah. You well, know, when I looked at you know, Monster Hunter Vendetta, and I saw, okay, so it's a follow-on, like a direct follow-on, and when you start listening to the book, yeah, it's a direct follow-on from the last event, so you're, okay, great, it, it, you know what I mean, we're, we're getting kind of a fuller story here, and it moves forward, and so the 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 framework of the story... I was, I'm all for, you know, I, yeah, I think it's good, it's a good idea, I like that, the story itself, unfortunately, so frustrating, like, I really, yeah, as I, you know, as I said, like, probably, I think we did the first book in, I think that was episode 15, but um, yeah, like I, this, I just did not like. I just didn't like it. It, it just infuriated me. Like one of the problems Ink was it's just like every character, like and all the main characters as well, they're just not written as normal people. It's like they're the best ever. It's like, oh yeah, he's a super marksman. Oh, he's the best killer. He's the best. You know, it's like we like he his brother. Oh, his brother got mentioned in the first book. In this one, he's more. He's more in this book. Um, but it's just like, yeah, he's the greatest guitar player in the world. I was like, really. Really You, you know what I mean You couldn't just go Yeah he's in a band But no It's just like He's the greatest guitar player Everyone wants to be around him He did supermodels And actresses And it's just like You can't Create just a normal character That That's like the big Fault of this book And The goofiness of it It's like You know, their surname is Pitt, So, obviously, his his brother's rock name is Mosh. It's just, come on, man. Like, put together some really insightful original thoughts here. Let's not drop to the low-hanging fruit. Let's not just have all the clichés in the world it makes no... It, it's boring. It makes no sense. It's just like, oh, yeah. Owen, you know, he was... He, he's like... No one can beat him in a fight. He's a best... He's probably the best shot now. In his... In the whole building. Like, you know, he's he's amazing. Like, he, he he's the best monster hunter around. He's like... He's only just started. But now you're saying... He's the best. Out of all the other guys that have been at this joint for years and years and years, this guy is now the best there is. Like seriously, like you haven't showed any sort of growth in the character. You like if you're built you you, if you're you know down the line. You could say in book six, yeah. Now he's the best, but you've you've not shown anything that warrants that. You've gone from book one, and only about just under a year has gone past between the events from book one to book two. That's the time frame from the start of book one to where we are now. It's just around about a year, just under a year. So in that time, you're saying that this guy is now the best. Okay, why? What? Like why? And don't say because he killed a big monster. That does not make someone the best. That makes someone kind of lucky. You know what I mean that they, they they were able to pull something off? Still doesn't make someone the best. But you haven't, you haven't created a narrative that explains this. And that is like a big issue with this book. Everything that happens seems extremely convenient rather than it's happening to actually bring depth to the story itself. It's like, okay, you painted yourself into a corner. What are you going to do? Oh, so now he's got this power and the power will let him do this. And he's are like, wait, what? Huh? Come on, man. It just seems, it's very lazy. And it's like, you know, in, in the first book, you say, oh, he's so ugly. No girls really like him because he's ugly. He's ugly. He's ugly. Now you say all the girls want to drop the panties to him. Like where's the consistency here You just like What are you saying I, Like and you, you You're trying to sell the guy The main guy As being this Great person That people look up to And you know he blah, blah, blah. He's an asshole. Like you're, 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 you say He's one thing But you write him so, Like something else But you know what I mean, look, that happens in some places But, you know, the, the inner monologue of someone is Oh, you know what, I'm trying to be a better person But fuck it, every time I see this guy, I just want to kill but, You know what I mean, people get around that By the self-deprecating kind of monologue that people have Or the self-critical monologue There's, That's not even here So you're straight up just trying to say he's a good person, but you can't, but you haven't realised that you're writing him like he's a straight up arsehole, you know what I mean, you have him steal someone else's girlfriend, because he stole someone, she was with someone else when they had sex, So, you had him steal someone else's girlfriend, but he's still pissed off at that person. Doesn't make any sense. You have him, like, if he's not getting his own way, he threatens to beat people up. And this is his friends, his supposed friends. You have it that, you know, someone doesn't do, so he shouts at them and threatens them. And but there's never any like listen, son. You've just beat got here a minute ago, so we think we know what the fuck we're doing because we've been in this game for 10 plus motherfucking years. So slow your roll, shut the fuck up, and we're leading this. No. No, no, no. It's just like, oh, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Whatever you say, Owen, we'll do what you do. Do you want me to bend over and hold my ankles at the same time, sir? It's like, come on, man. Your story is garbage. Like, you you know, it's, it's so just predictably bad. It's like, oh, the guy gets, you know, given orders not to do something. Obviously, he goes against the orders. Really? Really? We're making it that predictable? That predictable? All the way through. All the way through. And you paint someone into a corner so often... Like, oh, this person's on him and he can't escape. Oh, but this, boom, this miraculous thing happens and he survives. Oh, you have him that he's dead and then he comes back. It's like, you've already done that. That was in book one. He was dead and then he comes back. But then you regurgitate it for book two. You can't keep going down that route. It's not good. It's just boring. And that's the thing. And this is a frustrating thing. Because book one was fun. It was a fun book. Book two is just garbage. It's just just trash. It's just rubbish. It's just boring, predictable fodder. That is what book two is like i can't recommend it can't do it you know what I mean like obviously if you like i don't know d movies those those trashy kind of films that you find on like sci-fi channel or that are playing at 2 a.m. in the morning you know hey some, I mean, some people are up at 2 a.m. in the morning I'm out for 2am in the morning I've seen a lot of shitty movies You know what I mean If you're a fan of that kind of stuff Yeah fuck it This is probably for you But it's long That's the only thing If it was just a, 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 a You know A short a short book you go alright it's just Trashy Easy going Rubbish you know, what I mean? it's one of those holiday books that you're gonna read while just trying to chill. You know, what I mean, you'll you'll pick up in the airport and then you leave it at the next airport. It's one of those books, but it's long, so I I'm not even sure. But like, you can't even say it's that. But yeah, if you like trashy, trashy action. Trashy sci-fi fantasy action that you don't really have to think about. I guess this is for you. I guess this is for you. I'm, um, but I'm tapping out. I'm. Do you know what I mean? There's look as we established before. There's six books in this main series, and then three ancillary kind of anthology books. I cannot go that far, I'm tapping out right here, because this just infuriated me way too much, it's just just too bad, it's just too, too rubbish, and also, let me just point out, dude, still someone's girlfriend, and straight away, like, I love you, and she's like, I love you too. Even though I don't know if my boyfriend's dead or alive, I love you. It's like, what, what? And now they, and now you've had them getting married. It's under a fucking year, and you've got. It's just like, ugh, ugh. Can't even write love well. And said so you, 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 you failed on writing. Fun monster action, and you really fail at writing good love just failed it 's not a good love it's not a good love component it 's just just not good in any frigging area. Ah God damn it, I need to pick up a good book to read next to wash. The taste of this Monster Hunter Vendetta out Of my cerebral Friggin throat Well you know We're drawing to the end of another week But I think You know I think I need to say something On this because So Man, I, I I saw the other day that one of my peoples has got themselves in a whole heap of craziness. Now I don't know if anyone saw it in the news or social media or anything like that, but my boy DJ L has been accused of fat shaming, and I have known I've known L. God damn it, we, we, you know what I mean? It's been, what, nearly 10 years? Nearly 10 damn years, man. Of like, um yeah, doing shit in the music industry, you know? Uh, and, yo, L ain't a bad dude, you know? Ain't a bad dude. And when you look into the whole conversations, because the text messages have been put up they're there for everyone to see like he didn't like he didn't say anything wrong he i'd say that he phrased things in a way which yeah what can easily be twisted like the the thing that really that he did wrong was bringing the whole thing up. You know. Because we're, we're, we're in a world right now. Where people will take any opportunity to take offence. Um, yeah. People will take offence. They'll use anything to get a little shy. To get a little. To try and elevate themselves. In the face Of the sheep out there Everyone wants to be like Oh you're a poor thing You're a victim Blah 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 It's just ridiculous And like what he should have said What he should have done Because everyone knows Look you go to a nightclub You're not guaranteed to get in You know like You book a table you can book a table at a club And they will say When they send you the contracts you know, In the fine print of the contract It says The club reserves the right To turn anyone away They reserve the right To turn anyone away So You know I know he was trying to do the right thing and he, you know, just wanted to try and give the girls a head up that the clubs could get crazy. They might turn them away because clubs have crazy policies. Look, when I used to do, you know, club nights and stuff, if you wanted to put on an urban night, you couldn't do it at the weekend Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays were pretty much locked off. Only really big established names could run nights on those days. If you're an up and coming like promoter, if you're trying to bring something new, you're not getting those nights. You had to run midweek. Because the whole thing was... And nightclubs, they would tell you openly, black people don't spend enough money behind the bar. So when, you know, they're they're not making any profit on the door, or they're just making a share on the door, they're making all their money off the bar tab. So if people aren't buying loads of drinks, it makes no financial sense for them to put on those nights so they will put on like a techno night a house night because they know that the people that go to those nights spend money so they will tell you as a promoter this but they're not gonna tell the general public that they're not gonna put it out and out there but If you go to clubs enough, you know this, because the bouncers run their gums. the bouncers tell people, you know, the bouncers are there on the door, they will not let guys into clubs, they'll go, like, too many guys only letting girls in, you know, or they look at guys and go, nah, you know what I mean, not what we want in the club, you know, and And they'll let some like pretty boys into the club, or well, they do it all the time. Girls know this too. they let the prettiest girls into a club or you know or should we say the most scantily clad girls into a club. These are things that everyone knows everyone has seen everyone knows, so what else should have done? Is just said Okay f- Cool I've taken your book in i passed your details on to the club But remember They have the right to refuse Anyone Into the venue You yeah? know He should have just said that Left it at that And there wouldn't be all this craziness But Listen People Don't boycott DJL Don't You know what I mean, throw shade at him Don't be hating on him Because honestly My man is a good dude He's a good dude Trying to do a thing, trying to build A business, trying to make some money Trying to promote Himself on what he does So This, you know, we all know it's gonna Blow over, it's some craziness In the news, like and the people running the stories aren't even really running the story. They're just running clickbait. Because they're not addressing the issues. They're not addressing the issues. They're not asking nightclubs, why have you these policies? You know, what are you doing with this? They're not doing that. So, listen. If you if you see a DJL night, yo go to the night because it's gonna be fire. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna enjoy yourselves, you know? And as I said, look, my man ain't a bad dude. It's he just You know, he, he 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 tried to help. Tried to help, and it got misconstrued. So yeah. Well that's it, people. I think that's me. For another week, I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to be just keeping things going, man. We've got, like, a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stuff happening, and, um, you know, It's London Film Festival Starting next week people The 10th of October So remember that If you haven't got your tickets Make sure you book Because you don't want to miss out Alright people Have a good week Happy adventures And I'll catch you on the flip side Peace Some beef shit. Beat your ass on GP. Pull up on that sneak tip. Niggas run when they see me. Now your eyes fucking popping out. You seeing shit in 3D. Beat your head to the white meat. Knock out all your white teeth. Warm fruit punch on your shirt. For niggas thinking that I'm sweet. Paws loaded with concrete. Fingertips with Night Quill. Quick to put a nigga right to sleep. If he looking like he might squeal.